This season was funded by those amazing people who support us on Patreon. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. Hello, and welcome to Cancelled Movie Report, the super secret podcast that talks about the best movies that Hollywood's never made. Shh, Cambo. Oh, my name is Michael Campbell, special agent, codename Cambo. And joining me, as always, is actor and comedian Eden Porter, codename 008? Uh, just refer to me as Porter. Porter. Yeah. Eden Porter. <laughs> Well, well, what's with the change here? Well, we're talking about an iconic film franchise. Mm-hmm. We thought we had to show some respect and change up our normal intro style. What are we talking about today? Well, as you can see, we're dressed to the nines, Cambo, yeah. because... You uh, more than me, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go all out for a franchise that's been going uh, 25 movies strong. I thought you were going to say 25 years, and I was going to be like, Eden, no. You're no, way, way out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is right, Cambo. Tonight, we are going to be talking about James Bond. Yes, that's right. We've got a very special episode. This one's actually been requested by a few people, Cambo. Um, Jason Barr from Kent, England. Uh, Luke Judd and uh, Tristan Wilson from Melbourne. And Dave Rogers, all the way from Sweden via Instagram. Great. Well, I'm glad that so many people were interested. This one has actually been requested all the way back since... We tried to do this in season one, do you remember? I know. And it didn't, and yeah. Fun fact, we looked for this script <laughs> yeah, we and we, could we couldn't find, find it. it. Randomly, oh, I wish I had their name. Someone just on Instagram one day said, hey, you guys want this? And they sent us the script. And just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, without any further ado, this has been a long time coming for us. Let's get it. Yes, Cambo, we're going to go back, back into the deep history of James Bond. We're going all the way back to Bond 17. Yeah. That's right. Yes, Timothy Dalton's second Bond outing, Licence to Kill, mm-hmm. was in 1989, and it was met poorly at the box office, especially in the USA, with a lacklustre marketing campaign, and it was up against some stiff competition. I just want to throw this over to you, Camo. Mm-hmm. June 1989, what sort of films would it be up against? 89 was Batman. I know that. Bing, bing, bing came out that like the week. Yeah. Uh, 89, two, late for Ghostbusters? Which Ghostbusters? Oh, it's two. Correct. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very okay. good. Very good. Anything else? There's another big one. 89, I mean, Goodfellas technically, but I don't think that was a real competitor. No, I don't think. Look, I'm just going to tell you, it was Turner and Hooch. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it also had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Of and, course, yeah. And Lethal Weapon 2. Wow. So it was, yeah. it was, and that's all in June. So it was up against All in it. June. Yeah, that top and tail of June. So it Jeez. was definitely under the pump. Yeah, pe- people in this day and age were saying, who's going to, what are you going to see, Oppenheimer or Barbie? But this, this, mate, this is the real. <laughs> this yeah. is, mate, this is exactly right. Um, so this has thrown a lot of doubt into the series. Yeah. Dalton was candid in a 1989 magazine interview where he said, my feelings is that this will be the last James Bond. I, I don't mean my last one. I mean the end of the whole series. Whoa. It did that badly. And he was right. Yeah, well, this is right. He goes, I don't speak with any real authority, but I sort of feel sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, everyone. Ultimately, wow. it's going to end now. So Dalton, like, he was partially correct because yeah, yeah. he didn't do another one after that. But um, he took it hard. The last, the, do you reckon the last he one? was you know, on the set? It's like, oh, that's it, everyone, let's go. And he walked out, and they're like, all right, bye. Yeah, yeah. And then they all stayed, like, get someone else. Okay, get someone else now. <laughs> so Dalton was, um, he was contracted to star in three. Yeah. So this was over three, over seven years. Um, and he portrayed, uh, 
and he portrayed James Bond in The Living Daylights and Licence to Kill, which was a departure from the more yeah. sort of light-hearted and suave versions of the character. So this is let, – maybe let's talk a little bit about Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Who is, I would say, almost seen as a bit of a footnote in the James Bond. Well, he's George, only done two. George Lazenby yeah. is obviously the biggest footnote. Well, only, that's only done one. Yeah. No, no, no. But um, at the time when he was cast, because he, he's a very serious actor. He's very like theatre and yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think a lot of what he was maybe criticised for when he took over Bond is what people love about Daniel Craig's Bond. Well, let me get to that because because oh, Dalton's Bond was darker. Yeah, it was more serious yep. and more in line with Ian Fleming's original novels. Um, but this approach at the time, yeah. was not well received because coming off um, uh, before him was like the campiest of all the correct. Bonds. Yeah, so someone found like. Dalton's more realistic approach yeah. was really ahead of its time because that is exactly what they did for Daniel Craig's era. Yeah. And they really went back to that, him getting like like kicked out and all that sort of stuff and it was quite gritty I and everything like that. I feel like every James Bond, well, not every James Bond, but most James Bonds have the same trajectory, which is they reboot it and they go, we got too silly. This yes. one's serious. Yeah, this one's This serious, is the yeah. serious one. And then, and then over slowly. the course of like three, four movies, they get straight back to how silly they were. <laughs> correct, and then correct. they go, no, nah, no, nah, scrap it. Go back. Go New back, Bond, this one's serious. serious. <laughs> exactly. So in, in May 1990, a 17-page treatment by newcomer screenwriter uh, Alfonso M. Uh, Ruggiero mm-hmm. Jr., who had written some Miami Vice okay, at the yeah. time, um, and Bond veteran uh, Michael G. Wilson was yeah. drafted with a tentative shooting date set to uh, – uh, start filming in Hong Kong in uh, late 1991 release. Yeah, um, Newspaper, the Daily Express, then reported that uh, First Blood Rambo and director Ted uh, Cochins was uh, being sought by Wilson with John Landis also mentioned. So now, two jo- Americans. Yeah, John Landis had previously been involved in Bond um, scripting for The Spy Who Loved Me. Really? Yeah, yeah. So he had some impact on that. There was a big saga with that as oh, well that's back in the day. The Bond franchise is so littered with lawsuits. Cor- yes, correct. <laughs> and we might have to get to that sort yeah, of at yeah. the end. But um, – Look, they were really unhappy with the treatment that okay. came through, so they were asked to rework it, and then um, then shooting in Hong Kong got pushed back another year. So now it's a 1992 release date. Yeah, okay. So all these things started pushing things back and back. Um, interesting side note, Cambo, the only known piece of Bond 17 promotional material was on the show when Carlton Hotel was transformed with a hoarding announcing Dalton's third film during the 1990 Cannes Film Festival. Oh. So it was this hotel in Cannes yeah. and the whole side of it, they did a giant Timothy so Dalton. not in Carlton, Victoria. No, 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 not no. down the road. No, no, no. <laughs> but the banner read, Timothy Dalton returns as 007 in the 17th James Bond, coming summer 91. Oh, yeah. great. We get a lot of mileage out of people preemptively announcing at film festivals. Festivals. Correct. Crusade. Crusade. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Schwarzenegger will be a crusader yeah. within a year. Yeah, don't, don't worry, worry about it. <laughs> mark my words and mark them well, boy. Um, in the years since, yep. the Ill Fated Project was um, surpassed. Obviously, Goldeneye yeah, ended up taking its place in 95. Um, so, the unmade Bond 17 screenplay, who actually, another side note, Cam, we're going to do a little side notes here. Incorrectly rumored to be titled "The Property of a Lady." Yeah, yes. the, the, half the requests that mm, have come into this that. have said, "Can you do the property of the lady? A property of a lady? Uh, pr- the property of a lady." Yeah. yeah, and that is that is an Ian Fleming short that story's name. Okay, yeah, right. so it so actually yeah, yeah. is. So people are probably just assuming this is this hasn't been adapted. It's probably so. Not. It's probably one of the ones, but so no Bond Seventeen screenplay was ever actually given a title. Um, that's just an internet myth that's yeah, just yeah, out yeah. there. But for search engine optimization. 
you we're could gonna label we're gonna label it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um now i just before we start with the actual film i just want to thank um mi6 hq for a, a bit of a breakdown of a, a large yeah, part of yeah. the script this, this is a um a very dedicated fan site they had so much information about this this screenplay that we struggled to find turns out this whole website had tracked everything yeah. everything <laughs> so with all that in mind cambo let's get to the movie Fade in. Classic gun barrel logo. Bond theme hits. And the man walks into frame himself. He does the classic turn and fire. Then we zoom through the bullet hole and we're in the lush mountains of Scotland. Ooh. Yes. Where the annual, get this Cambo, International Mixed Tandem Team Hang Gliding Championships are taking place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. It's good they get a shout out. Yeah, the I-M-T-T-H-G-C. <laughs> As it's known in the business. And yeah. to us. And to us, yeah. and to us. Um, now, teams of gliders are all lined up waiting for their turn. The announcer. The next contestants are a British team. This should be Scottish. <laughs> the you next know, contestant should be a British team. Should be. <laughs> the next contestants are a British team. British women's champion, Alison Eves, and her partner, a newcomer, doesn't have the name. The announcer looks around. He looks over to the person. Close up of the man. He looks up. Bond. James Bond. That's right. We're, we're already into it, Cambo. Yeah, great. Um, now they take off in their glider into the afternoon sky, following all the other contestants. So it's like a time thing. So they're all chasing each other. But then when they're far enough away, they take a right turn and pass through a gap in a nearby mountain. They're making their way towards a fortified industrial chemical weapons factory. This doesn't seem like part of the race. No, this isn't at all, Cambo. Bond nods to Allison. See you at the bridge in 10 minutes. As he releases his harness and drops to the rooftop, Allison then pulls on a small gas canister. <laughs> You're going to love this, Cambo. And it quickly inflates a dummy painted to look like James Bond. You know what I'm picturing? Um... Depending on what region you're in, either aeroplane or flying say, high. Yeah, the co-pilot. The, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. It's exactly what I thought. Um, the the film is already more wacky than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. From, like straight, like straight. You think about living daylights and life, yeah, like yeah. straight up. Yeah, there's an inflatable bond yeah. gliding. Bond then quickly disables the alarm and repels through a skylight. He's in a large automatic manufacturing facility, bathed in purple light. Robotic machines load up flasks and move them around the complex. Bond sees a flask of deadly nerve gas. Bond then takes out some plastic explosives, wraps them around the base of a vat, and he sets the timer. Then a self-propelled security robot, or an SSR, comes out of the shadows. It's a low, squat, sort of four-wheeled drone-shaped robot, sort of like an R2-D2-E sort of thing with wheels. Um, Its eyes turn from green to red. We cut to a bunch of soldiers watching the hang gliding competition, but then suddenly they get a warning on their belts and they all rush off. What happens now is one of the strangest games of cat and mouse between Bond and this robot. So basically, they're sort of hiding from each other and they're chasing each other. It throws a flashbang at him, then it tries to taser him. He then manages to, quote-unquote, blind the robot with black goo from one of the vats. Uh, he escapes up uh, a rope in the roof as the robot fires its Uzi after him. Bond makes his way to the bridge over a wide gorge with the river below. As he runs towards the bridge, we see the entire complex behind him explode. Yeah, yeah, huge explosion, and he's sort of running away from it. He looks ahead and he sees the truck of soldiers is now blocking his escape on the bridge. 
Then to the left of the canyon, he sees Allison in their hang glider making her way back towards him. Yeah? <laughs> the guards start firing at Bond and he jumps off the side of the bridge just as Allison passes underneath. Fantastic. Classic, classic. Yeah. Now, this is where Bond then cuts loose the dummy and it falls away because you have to. Uh-huh. And uh, then he says, we're quip central, but I'm just warning you. There's quite a lot. Of Thanks for here. the warning. Yeah. I appreciate that. He says, um, what do you think he'd say once you, you, you cut off this inflatable dummy? Uh, is it, is it like a crash dummy gag, maybe? You're close. It's more to do with the inflation. He had an inflated ego. <laughs> uh, Doesn't really great. make that much Doesn't sense. Doesn't make sense. But it's fine. He actually helped you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, cut to the... F- this is where it gets amazing, Cambo, because then we cut to the finish line of the glide race. Oh, no. <laughs> and Bond and Allison yeah. battered glide... <laughs> Is making its way towards Not the finish first, line. Um, amazingly, the no. British team has an incredible time of just 22 minutes, the best of the day. Champagne corks pop, Alison throws her arm around Bond, and they kiss to a cheering oh, crowd. Wow. But surely that's where the opening credits start, right? Main theme, bang on that, Cambo. Bond's films always have the big action sequence yeah. before the like extended title yeah. sequence. Yeah, correct. Can, I guess, okay, a couple of things. This is way goofier than <laughs> way the other dumb. What, so he's hang gliding, inflatable Bond, cat and mouse with a robot. robot. Yeah, there's... Uh, a- uh, jump off back onto a hang glider, wins a race. Wins the race <laughs> at the end of the day. Gets the girl. It's so good. Gets the girl. It's, that's almost a whole Bond movie in one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, I guess there are similar aspects to the opening to GoldenEye, which is the Bond 17 Sticking the explosives, explosives on the industrial the vats. Yeah, yeah. He jumps off a, a, a ledge onto the hang glider, but obviously he jumps off the down wall. wall and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess he jumps into the plane and then flies, and then back flies up, off the yeah. hang glider in this one. There, yeah. there are elements of There's it. There's a few things yeah. there. There's a few things there. Um, classic Bond title startup. Now, what, what do we usually see in Bond titles, Cambo? Uh, silhouettes of ladies dancing. Shadows of women. Gun yes. barrels. Gun barrels, smoking. Um, uh, playing cards. All that. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that, Cambo. All that, it's all all, that. They love it. Pensive Bond. Yeah. And this is very much. Um, a technology bond as well. It's like that robot is yeah. very intuitive what the rest of this film is going to be technology like. Technology of 1989. In fact, the actual script that we got, it makes a note on the very front page that all the robots in this are really futuristic and, and tech heavy and they're all going to be made specially for the movie. Wow. So they actually make a point of it. Huh. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Now we start the film proper, Cambo. Over the South China Sea, a naval Harrier jet flies surveying the area. Suddenly, an emergency light flashes on board, a fire in the engine, more warning lights and sirens start going off in the cockpit. The pilot calls it in. He then turns the Harrier to fly back over the sea to avoid crashing into anyone, and he ejects. But once the pilot ejects safely into the water, we see the Harrier's autopilot turn back on. The craft itself turns around and starts heading back towards the China mainland. So you can already see there's a bit of hacking involved. This is very robot heavy. Back in England, Cambo. Thank God. Good old Blighty. (laughs) Bond arrives at uh, the Belheim Palace. He looks up to the sound of a helicopter and the Ministry of Defence is sort of landing in the parking lot. Nigel Yupland, a young rising star in the Ministry of Defence, jumps out of the helicopter with two aides beside him. Ducking the rotors of the blades, they hurry inside the entrance. Bond continues on walking briskly up the steps to the main entrance. He enters an office where he's greeted by a familiar face. A pity to see you roughing it in a temporary billet, Moneypenny. I wish I had the time to enjoy it, James. 
But well, Hal has broken out. You can go right in. Oh, and how was your trip with the sides? It had its ups and downs. Oh, I'm sure it did. Why, money, Penny? Give a standing invitation to come hang gliding with me any time. I'm not so sure I'm ready for that, James. Being strapped in a harness and abandoning myself completely to you. There are some memos on my desk that will have to be attended to first, Miss Moneypenny. Come along, number 07. Well, the office still stands, Moneypenny. No doubt you've heard of the Harrier that crashed in southern China yesterday? Why, yes, it's been all over the news. Unfortunate accident. Well, we're not so sure it was an accident, 007. All just speculation so far, of course. Nothing concrete. Huh. We'll cover it in the briefing. But the minister has put this fellow Nigel Yaplin in charge. Now, I must tell you, last month he submitted a report recommending the 00 section be abolished. So, a little diplomacy is in order, Bond. Huh. Well, yes. Naturally, sir. Ah, Yaplin. May I introduce Commander Bond? Yaplin. I will be brief and blunt. Your strong arm tactics are a thing of the past. Actually, a diplomatic embarrassment in the light of recent developments in Eastern Europe. You are only here at the request of the Prime Minister. In past national emergencies, she has relied heavily on you in your section. Old habits die hard. Well, if you ever went out in the field, you might know that these old habits could save your arse. That is enough, 007. Who is that over there? That is Chief Inspector McGregor of Scotland Yard. I've asked him to come. Oh, yes. I've heard of McGregor and his theories. Breaking and entering, espionage, your line of country bond. I'm sure you get along very well. Oh, and one more thing, 007. The cowboy days of fancy sports cars and unlimited expense accounts are over. And report to me every step of the way. Well, it seems the Admiral's here now. Everybody, take a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday at approximately, oh, 1500 local time here, in the town of Zhenwu, a sudden explosion devastated a heavily populated area of approximately four city blocks. American satellite photographs showed the extent of the damage. We have China news agency footage of the devastation. And this section you see here on the screen has been identified as a section of the rear stabilizer of a Harrier aircraft. And this, you'll see on the screen, is the ID number of a Harrier from the carrier HMS Relentless, which is stationed here, 236 nautical miles off the China coast. The Harrier was reported lost at sea approximately two hours before the explosion in... Admiral, isn't it true that the pilot shut down all systems before ejecting? Be yes, sir. Uh, but the pilot reported that the plane banked away and headed towards the mainland. And it turned itself back on and flew away. It seems more likely that the pilot was just confused after the trauma of ejecting at 200 miles per hour and landing in the water. Well, the man seemed coherent. I debriefed him myself. And tell me, was the plane seen again on the ship's radar? Uh, no. No. 
But if the plane stayed below 500 feet... You are asking us to swallow a whopper, Admiral. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to look at the big picture. This claim by the Chinese that one of our Harriers crashed into a town must be examined in the context of our negotiations on Hong Tong. In four days, the foreign minister of our two countries are meeting in Hong Kong for the final and most delicate discussions over the island's future. What you see here on these screens is a crude propaganda ploy to put us on the defensive. And I am not falling for it. But, but the pictures... My dear Admiral, the Chinese monitor our transmissions. When one of our planes was lost at sea, they saw their chance. We could never recover the plane to disprove their claims. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to continue the debate, but I have more pressing matters at Whitehall. I am putting this inquiry on low priority. I suggest you engage yourselves in more fruitful pursuits. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That Yatman. I'm afraid if he had a ramrod any further up his ass, he'd be attracting lightning. McGregor. Bond. James Bond. As you can see from this photo board, we've got an ongoing inquiry relating to the series of break-ins at a high-tech British facility around the globe. You know, the puzzling aspect of this is that in each of those instances, nothing was actually reported missing. Dynatech Industries. Don't they manufacture autopilots? Aye, for the naval Harrier. And you think someone's tampered with the Harrier's autopilot? I, I know it's tenuous, but it's the only lead we've got right now. Look at this image of the security lock here. Barely a scratch on it. Whoever did this was a pro. We did get a photo of the guy that did it, but he's only in frame for a split second. We've gone over the video a few times, but he doesn't show his face for more than a few frames. We've caught a screenshot, it's crude but effective. It's the best enhancement we've been able to get. Well, we'll have to do better than that. Let me see what Q can do. Well, I could assume the rate at which the head is turning and through a series of mathematical regressions calculate a repositioning of the pixels to make a clearer picture. Well, sounds easy enough. Well, it would take the better part of a year on our computers. We'll have to be a bit quicker than that, Q. I have been offered some time on the Sinclair Parallel Processor at Cambridge. And what will that take? A month? Oh, heavens no. Come back in the morning. It's a bit quieter than normal in here. Yes, we've been ordered to close down the lab. Cost-cutting. Even her? The DB-5. They've told me to junk her. I can't bear it. It's like selling off one of your children. Seems the world is running out of classics, Q. See you in the morning.
Mm. Sorry, I, I forgot we were doing a podcast. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so emotional, Cambo. The world's running out of classics. Yeah, yeah. The DB5, the classic Bond car for people that don't know. It's the Aston Martin DB5. Five. I'm yeah. pretty sure that they keep going around this same trope as well of MI6 getting closed down. That like, and, and every couple of movies, the DB5 comes back. Back, yeah. And it was like the DB5. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, can I just say, just every time M refers to James Bond as 007 in the script, it's written out as the word double yeah. and then O, O-H. and then S-E-V-E-N. <laughs> double O-7. O-seven. It's really funny. My, uh, my, double O-seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. And, and this would have been um, uh, Q there. I, at this time would have been Desmond Llewellyn still, yes, I believe. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Desmond oh, Llewellyn. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Well, he was he was like all of them until, until he passed, passed yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John Cleese comes in. They do a crossover yeah, one yeah, yeah. in um, The World Is Not he Enough. He disappears think, on a weird platform and like waves he, goodbye. He <laughs> literally lowers into the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. I'm going to say I don't get good vibes from Yaplin. Oh, really? That's he, surprisingly. He, he's he's dismissive. Oh, I think he's just misunderstood. He's Cambo. trying to do his job in a difficult <laughs> circumstance. But yeah, so we've met Yaplin, who's now the head of... This yeah, is another Bond trope. Every couple yeah, of years, there's a someone new comes in and they try and gut shake things yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. Well, we're the not fact that he him. literally says, don't look into this yeah. as well. He goes, this is nothing. Don't worry about but that. I wouldn't look into that. No, it's a waste of time. Um, so now we're in Tokyo, Cambo, sure. at the uh, the Kohoni Industries Complex, yep. which is a big factory. In the Kohoni Industries Complex, a burglary is about to take place. Ooh. Black clad figure emerges from a parked Lamborghini and skillfully evades security to get inside. The target is a crate marked to be sent to Nanking, uh, which is in China. The uh, intruder opens it and switches a microchip with one of those installed in the panel of a robotic device. So, robotic device there, she yeah. swaps microchips okay. out. Yeah. When the task is complete, the intruder reseals the crate and makes it look like nothing's changed. Very futuristic. Yeah, very futuristic. Microchips, robots. Yeah, switching things out. Um, we're now in Tokyo streets, yeah, with the sound of the intruder alarm gets, does get tripped yeah. on their way out. Um, the company manages the... Koho Ni twins, two sumo-sized Chinese entrepreneurs. Ooh. Yes, um, they gather up their security detail outside the building with the hopes of capturing the intruder. The intruder utilizes a speed line, so they're like off the roof, yeah. um, and swings to the next building down to a waiting getaway Lamborghini. Yep. A La- different Lamborghini or the same? Uh, Lamborghini? Probably multiple <laughs> Lamborghini. <laughs> Lamborghini. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Lamborghini and the passenger escape in the direction of the docks, but soon the Kohoni uh, are in pursuit, so they all pile into a car. Yeah. Um, we follow a high-speed car chase that ends with the Lamborghini boarding a large barge and escaping out into the water. Um, but not quick enough to prevent a security officer recording the barge's name and because it's still got the name on the back. Um, the name on the back is the Sea Tiger. On board the barge, the intruder removes her mask. Uh, women can be criminals too. <laughs> At last, Cavo. That's actually um, one of the tropes. I, uh, I, I I'm going to misquote this, but there was a uh, something about the Bond women, which is they're either criminals or. To have sex with. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they have two yeah, functions, yeah, yeah. pretty so much. So we know which one this is. <laughs> correct. Yeah, well, maybe a little oh, bit of oh, That does sometimes happen too. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so we're revealing the master cat burglar, Connie Webb, described oh. as a beautiful American adventuress in her early 30s. She slips the stolen computer chip inside her bracelet and the two crew members point at uh, a pressure jet 
which is like a hose thing, yeah. and they spray the car, and it changes from black to red. Oh, cool. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, she smiles as a job well done. 89, who are we thinking American? I'm thinking like Michelle Pfeiffer. 89? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That would be a good one, actually. She'd be like a bombshell American. Yeah. yeah. We now cut back to England, now that the data has all been finalised. Now, it seems that Q's results have come back. Constance Webb, age 28, the only daughter of Henry Leland Webb. The cat burglar. The same. She was recruited by the CIA in 84, trained in Langley to penetrate high security facilities, plant bugs and that sort of thing. Went freelance about two years ago. Any leads on where Miss Webb is now? We put out a global on her, and Section C had some luck. She arrived in Vancouver about two days ago, ostensibly on a ski holiday. Aye, it's a simple matter that I know of having the local police pick her up for questioning. No, she's a pro. Should know the Canadians have no charges to hold her on. We'd get nothing out of her. Yes, and then she and the people behind her, they would know we're investigating them. Perhaps I could approach her with the right cover story. Yes, yes, with some kind of exotic technology to sell. The bait would have to be irresistible. You know, I may have just the thing. A colleague sent me a sample. Hmm. Ah, ah, yes, here it is. Here you are, 007. What is it, Q? Dwelling will cards march with a charcoal briquette, Q. Hmm. Interesting. Room temperature superconductor. Yeah, precisely. One loan for evaluation. It shows some promise, too. It's a prize that no high-tech brigade could resist. I'll book the next flight to Vancouver. Make contact. Gain her confidence. And find out who she's working for. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so the <laughs> um, so obviously, what are your thoughts, Camo? Q there gets out a uh, room temperature superconductor. Yes. Of course, Bond knows exactly what it is. Everyone, <laughs> do you, do you, is technology coming out the Wahoo here? Yeah, yeah. That, that Denholm, the, the Scottish gentleman, was like, "Oh, what's that, Q? What you got there?" <laughs> because Bond is cool as ever. What is that? Yes. Room temperature uh, superconductor. Yeah. Well, uh, strap it to my chest. <laughs> So now we are in Vancouver. So we're already we're yeah. already jumping so around. So he's going to meet Connie Webb under the guise of he's selling this, selling yeah. this superconductor yeah. thing because she can't resist, and yeah. he's trying to figure out um, what she's been stealing yeah. and been switching. This with. is where we probably get one of the Bond classics, which is the very uninventive cover story. Yes, and you'll see. Yeah, yeah they yeah. don't even bother it's changing like- the first name, Cambo. <laughs> So he's still James, but yeah. it's not James Bond. James Black? Barker. Very close, mate. We're now in Vancouver at a ski resort. Bond's going by the name James Barker now. Uh, he knows his mission. He's made reservations to stay at the exact same place Connie Webb is staying. Yep. 007 soon finds uh, Connie in her Lamborghini and he tails her to a helipad. Uh, where a line of helicopters are waiting to take skiers to the top of the mountain. Yeah? Yeah. And she boards one and takes off. Bond then gets into the the next one. What do you think he says to the pilot? Follow that helicopter. Follow that chopper. (laughs) Classic. I like to think that the guy's dressed like a cabbie. Yeah, 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 with a little flat cap in there, yeah. So we're now going up to a snowy volcanic mountainside. Bond helicopter reaches the summit and they see Connie's already skiing down the mountainside. Mountainside is steep, too steep for the helicopter to put down. So Bond puts his skis on, jumps out of the helicopter, lands on the snow. What are you worried about, Camo? Pretty, uh, I would say, every, what, 
10 Bond films? We get a snow... Chase scene, yeah, yes, yeah. correct. Um, so, yeah, ski chase commences. They race towards the glacier and they jump over gaps. Is this a flirty stuff. chase? It sort of is. Bond yeah. loves a flirty chase where, like, they're, they're, you know, maybe they're drag racing against each other or whatever. It but they're making like eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it says that, like, she's too cocky. Yeah. So she's, like... But she's probably... She is loving it. She's loving it. So Connie uh, Webb skis slightly too close to an overhang and the whole thing tumbles down. Bond races to her aid and digs her from the pile of snow. She's, sh- she's shaken, but not injured. It's <laughs> not shaken or not stirred, Cambo. There's a different take on that. Uh, Connie tells Bond that danger makes for excitement and she skis, uh, she skis away sort of laughing. Yeah. So they don't... There's that flirty ski She's chase. living too yeah. close to the edge. I don't oh, know about this. Very it's much so, mate. Um, she says, she says to him as she skis away, challenging him, uh, "Race you back, loser buys dinner." Yeah, and she's off. And James is that works too. He's, he's happy to buy dinner. What is this life dinner. he leads? He loves it. He loves it. So now we we join them, uh, sharing a drink back at the hotel. Does losing to a woman bother you? Losing's never bothered me. Most men hate losing to women. Don't worry about it. I mean, I was going to the Olympics until... All I've got to show for it is this scar on my leg. Two weeks before the 1980 Olympics. And you never tried for a comeback? Four more years of training? No, no thanks. I missed downhill racing. Going full out 70 miles an hour, inches from death. Never feel more alive. I found there are a lot more profitable ways to duplicate that sensation. In your work? I've got to turn in. Well, please then allow me to walk you to your room. Would you like to try your luck again in the morning? Same bet. I'll have to take a rain check. I'm on a working holiday. That's a coincidence. So am I. Never said what kind of work you do. I'm a supplier of high-tech items. I find people's needs and fill them. That doesn't sound very interesting. Well, you'd be surprised. Surprise me. I think we need a drink. Hello, room service? Chipmate? Please. French champagne, please. Two glasses. I have a feeling that our meeting was somehow not totally unintentional. I can assure you my intentions are purely dishonorable. What do you make of this? Oh, what's this? You know, somehow I expected something more exciting. Diamonds, maybe. It is worth considerably more than diamonds. Well, I'm not impressed. Well, then get me to your top man. He will be. And there's a finder's fiend for you. I don't even know what that is. It's a superconductor. I think you've made a mistake, Mr. Baker. I don't think so. I'll get it. You think it over. I'm sure someone else will come to mind. Just put her over there on the table. 
Mm, get hot and heavy in the hotel room, Cambo. Dalton is approaching Roger Moore levels of quip. Yeah, of oh, yes, very. I know, very much so, mate. Every this second is, line is this a, is the course correction from the last two. Yeah, this is definitely. Exactly what you it can is. definitely see that. Yeah, which the last two were a course correction from Roger Moore. So it's yeah. just a snake eating its own tail. Correct, correct. <laughs> so Bond heads to the door. Yeah, but it's not room service at all, Cambo. Oh, no. no, Bond is knocked to the floor by a vicious karate kick. One of the Coho uh, Nee brothers cuffs Bond to a chair. So they've followed them all the way yeah. to Vancouver. By the way, the Coho Nee brothers, great Bond henchmen. Oh, type. yeah, sort of like guy. Big like a sub baddie. Yeah, yeah, not the yeah. big baddie. And they're always really, like, distinct. Yes, yeah. Uh, so they're two, so they're tw- two twin sumos. sumos. Yeah, entrepreneurs. Right. <laughs> yeah, great. Who are these clowns? Bond is slapped across the face. I ask the questions, replied one of the Coho Nee twins. They push Connie up against a wall and interrogate her about the robbery. They threaten to hurt Bond with a taser if Connie doesn't talk. Twin 2 slams the taser down onto Bond's leg and turns the dial up. This is a dial taser. Um, He rides about and falls to the ground. Twin 2 turns the dial again. This blast caused Bond to thrash wildly on the floor. As he's about to be electrocuted, Bond then, he sees them going down to the dial. His hand snaps free of the chains that have got him to the chair. And with sheer willpower alone, he clamps his free hand around the ankle of Twin 2. So the electricity that he gets electric so then runs through him into the other twin, Great. which is quite good, sending him flying backwards into the two of his own men. A brawl then begins. Eventually, Bond throws a chair through a window, grabs Connie, and they jump out of a second story into the snow below. Connie makes her way to the garage. Uh, Bond is left to fend off the goons jumping through the window after him. Still handcuffed um, on one hand, he sort of fends them off by using the handcuffs as sort of brass knuckles to knock them out. So he wraps it around his hand, knocks them all out. Um, Then he looks at them and he goes, That was strictly off the cuff. Yeah. Oh, great. Do you know why I wouldn't be a good Bond? What? Because I'd do that fight and then driving home, I'd be like, oh, that's what I should have oh, said. Off the cuff, that would have been good. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, I didn't say anything. It d- definitely did. I didn't say anything. I was so tired. I was, I was bleeding. <laughs> um, he, For about five minutes, I would be like, I jumped out a window. I'd just be breathing heavily, <laughs> just panting in the corner. Um, he searches them, finds a key, unlocks himself. Connie's Lamborghini then pulls alongside as Bond is about to get in. The door locks. Some date, James. We're going to have to call it off before he gets you killed. She speeds off. The Cohody twins burst through the door and pile into another limo and take off after Connie. They race down the icy roads. And then there's a note in the script, Cambo, and it says, Stunt to be arranged. (laughs) And I, for one... Cannot wait. Cannot wait for that stunt to be arranged. <laughs> when that stunt gets arranged. Oh, yeah, mate. I think that's... we're all going to be laughing I'll... on the other side of our face, aren't we? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Is there some kind of paid partnership with Lamborghini in this? Oh, hugely. Hugely, <laughs> Cambo. They're all over it. Either um, that or the writer's like, if we keep writing Lamborghinis in, well, they'll have to give us Lamborghinis. It's funny because it sort of becomes like, well, that's her style Thing. of car. Yeah. So she has that. He yeah. has the S Martin yeah. and stuff like that. Um, during the chase, we are now introduced to a new character, Otto Winkhart, as he receives a call from Connie Webb as she's being pursued. She informs Winkhart that the twins paid her a visit, but she still has the microchip. He's pleased, and she tells him of James trying to sell her a superconductor, and she has a sample of it. Uh, Winkhart appears very interested, and they agree to meet in Hong Kong. He will have a chartered flight arranged. So now we jump to Hong Kong. So we're all over the Yeah, and, and I would say at this point, 
We still don't know who the big bad is. No, we don't. Yeah. We have no yeah, idea. Yeah. The Kohani twins are sort of like the semi Yeah, they're bad working guys. for someone. I feel like everyone's working for someone. Someone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're making our way to an ultra modern high rise. Hang yes. On, hang on, hang on. Is yeah. this the big bad? Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. They, they sensed that I was going to be coming and then they immediately want to show. Yeah. Before entering the office complex, Winkhart must first go through numerous security processes. He then enters a large, beautiful uh, oriental garden inside. Ooh. So it's much like a university campus inside this huge um, office building. And this, so this is Hong Kong? This is Hong Kong. Yeah. We're in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yep. Um, sitting next to a serene pool is Sir Henry Lee Ching. Yes, he's your big bad. Big bad. Yeah, he's yeah. your big bad. Yeah. Um, Rodin, a strong-looking Eastern European bodybuilder type, stands guard next to him to okay. his left. And on his right... Nan, his girlfriend, an oriental, that's not my words, that's yeah, what's yeah, in the script. script. Yeah. Uh, beauty sits in the lotus position to his left. So you've yeah. got your henchman, you've got your baddie girlfriend and stuff like that. I feel like these people looked up China in some kind of uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a lotus. Uh, yeah, lotus, lotus position. position. Yeah, all that Tranquil sort of stuff. Gardens. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so this is Henry, uh, yeah, Sir Henry Lee Ching. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Sir Henry, and I have to apologise, Cam, they call him Sir Henry a lot in the script. <laughs> Ridiculous about. He's described as a 30s electronic genius running a tech giant company. He's a mixture of Chinese father and British aristocratic mother. Okay. And so it's therefore the Sir. Yes, and, and recently knighted for his scientific achievements okay. and uh, philanthropic yeah. uh, endeavor. Um, Winkart mentions that the Kohoni twins are becoming a problem, even after Sir Henry's offer to them. Sir Henry asks Winkart to set up a meeting with the twins, and he shall attend personally. Uh, Winkart nods, then passes him a box containing Bond's superconductor. Sir Henry is amazed as they place the conductor onto a cart holding an uh, electromagnet and the conductor starts to levitate. Oh. Yeah. I must meet this Englishman, this friend of Miss Webb's. Winkart, have Miss Webb invite him to a party at ours tomorrow. Okay, so it's, he's very interested in this. Yeah, yeah. We follow Sir Henry and Winkart as they walk through a chamber filled with futuristic models of tanks and weapons. Yeah, uh, Sir Henry starts uh, he, a classic monologue. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, love a monologue love here monologue, at Cancer Movie yeah, Report. Yeah. We absolutely love one. So he says, "I own eighty-two percent of the robotics market in the world, and now, thanks to your associates, I have the trade secrets for the rest of the market as well. We have chips in every weapon system." on the planet without the power to decide every military engagement on planet Earth. The head lab technician, uh, Dr. Lombardi, approaches Sir Henry and whispers something to him. I have something to attend to. He leaves Winkart and makes his way into an elevator and descends down, opening into a large geodescent-shaped spherical chamber. Sir Henry, it's his sort of Bond lair yeah, sort of yeah, okay, like yeah. situation room yeah so we're in this huge room now so Henry's situation room a large glowing map of the world covers one wall so this is like <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is your yeah, classic yeah, yeah. yeah where we gotta take yeah, out I, I bet you there's a wall of TV screens yeah yeah well. definitely yeah. definitely he surveys he, he surveys the data and has a word with the operator pointing to a marker that identifies an atomic atomic power plant at Nanking in China which is where that crate was going for yeah. if you remember yeah, yeah? Um, he asks if the Kohoni robot has arrived in Nanking yet. Dr. Lombardi nods. So Henry then enters a large spherical chamber with a futuristic-looking armchair. 
Patch me in, Campo. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting full, yeah, yeah. like, ni- what is it? 1990s uh, um, uh, robot sort of yeah, style. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So Henry then puts on a gauntlet-style glove and goggles. So I'm thinking... It's like the Nintendo Power Glove. And the Virtual Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> correct, correct. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we go to a POV of a, sort of a robot in a digital space. Okay. So we're going full Matrix this is, 10 years before the yeah, Matrix. Yeah, this is wild for a Bond film. Correct, correct. So it gets wilder, Cambo. Cut to into power plant. Um, technicians watch helplessly as the machine that Connie had tampered with goes wildly out of control. Yeah. Engines, so it starts fighting engineers, smashing stuff. Yeah. We watch Sir Henry controls the movement through his virtual landscape. It's sort of like the mate, like he's yeah, got all the stuff yeah, and he's yeah, controlling he's... the robot. So that's what Connie was breaking in, obviously, to do this. One. To switch over so they could do it, yeah. The robot starts pulling out cooling rods from the reactor core. So you know that's not good nah. in a power plant. If you've watched Chernobyl, you know that's <laughs> not good. Um, it's going to go into meltdown. In 89, you'd be watching it in real life, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so true. Suddenly, the core explodes. We cut back to Henry, and he's on a high. It's like being the machine, being a god. That's what he says. Okay. Yeah. So he's got that god complex, that yeah. classic Bond villain god complex. Um, now that's taken care of, let's go meet our Kohoni friend twins. Okay, so Sir Henry is... Half British. Sir Henry. Sir Henry is half British, half Chinese. Yes, correct. Father, yeah. Chinese father, aristocratic British mother. Yeah, yeah. He's on that sort of side. Because remember, this is all building up to the handback. Yeah, of course. In, so oh, this yeah, is this is the yeah, this is yeah, the big yeah. thing that's happening, and it's right. very relevant at the time that as is, well. Yeah. So they chose some of these themes because this is stuff that's actually yeah, yeah that, impacting them. And then they chucked in a couple of robots for good. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> Okay, so now we're in the Kohoni building, which is the twins. Yep. Yeah? So Winkart and uh, Sir Henry await their meeting with the Kohoni twins. So Henry informs Winkart that the twins are Yakuza, members of the Japanese mafia. And in the background, uh, Rodin, which is the henchman from earlier, he's disguised as a motorcycle courier. Inside of his bike helmet, it flickers to life to a display screen. Yeah? He makes his way to the Kohoni security office. They shouted him to get out. The uh, inside the helmet, it goes to a targeting system and it locks onto all four of the guards. And then a small gun pops out from his hip pocket and it independently fires instantly, killing all four guards at once. <laughs> so that's a pretty cool, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty cool Bondy sort of thing. Like, and it goes bang. That's like Iron Man stuff. Yes, correct. Yeah, it's very like that. Well, that's where they got it from. Yeah, they got it from this. Inside the building, the Kohini twins have arrived. They take their seats at the conference table, flanked by goons. Radin, the henchman, is now on the roof, finishing off another guard. Nearby is an automatic window cleaning machine that's on the side of the building. The goon then swaps a canister over of the window cleaning fluid, and he makes his way uh, out. So, what's he up to? What's he up to? In the conference room, Sir Henry, he proposes buying the Kohoni Industries from the twins. He explains he needs their company. He has to ensure, and this is when he goes in another little monologue, he um, he has dealt with this sort of... British-Chinese sort of battle for too long. The Chinese helped um, the British fight the Japanese in World War II, but when the uh, when the communists came to China, the British didn't help them out. No. So he's he's very annoyed he's, at that. He's a, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So now he'll have his revenge. So that's sort of the main crux that he feels like the British haven't helped them out enough. He's going to get it back. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, interesting. So he's interesting saying this in a business meeting with. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a very interesting sales pitch yeah, yeah. at the time. Um, the twins are sort of not interested. They're, they're Yakuza, but they're not 
they don't have highfalutin um, aspirations or anything like that. So, um, so Henry calmly says, okay, you don't want that? He bids them farewell. But then we cut to them walking out. And we, it's sort Can't of, wait for them to survive. Well, interesting you say that, Cambo. Oh, okay. Because once they're out of the way, uh, so Henry signals to Rodin and he sets the window washer into action. We see from inside the conference room, the window washer then lines up alongside the glass ah. where they're all sitting in there laughing about and rejecting the deal. Then Rodin turns a dial on his glove and instead of soap studs that come out of the machine, flames yeah. shoot out. Yes. The group inside scrambles. The opposite to, to soap studs. <laughs> exactly. Although it's still clean. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, it, but it also shatters the glass and it melts. Yeah. Um, and then explodes inwards, roasting the room alive. Yeah. yeah. The associates on the ground uh, smile. Uh, so Henry looks at Winkart uh, and he simply says, Make a deal with their widows. <laughs> oh, that's a great line. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. Um, meanwhile, we cut to Bond sitting in a commercial plane with an invitation in hand, sipping a drink. He's now on his way to Hong Kong to find Connie Webb and to attend a party and meet Sir Henry. Well, we've come to the end of part one of our cancelled movie report on Bond 17, the third Timothy Dalton James Bond movie. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love it for you to subscribe, be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. That really helps us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could leave us a five-star rating. Eden, do you have an example of the kind of rating someone could leave us? Well, this is a five-star rating right here, and this is from Isaac Betterbridge from Apple Podcasts in Great Britain. Ooh, what, uh, what a location to have for well, this episode. Well, this is James Fine, except that's why we chose it. Um, one of my favourite podcasts, the level of work that goes into researching and performing these projects is really spectacular, and the hosts bring a lot of great fun discussion to the table super excited for the new season oh fantastic thank you very much and you know what even more important than that just tell a friend and if you did like the episode and you like the show consider joining us over on patreon we have uh entire uh, audio drama versions Huge of our films backalogs. we have an extra yep. podcast called casting calls talking about the casting system we have uh, exclusive interviews with michael gilio from our justice league dark hey. episode it's a lot of fun over there what do you think of the movie so far? And have we missed anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us at cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all the socials. And if there's a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about, like everyone that's requested this one, you can just let us know. There's a form in the episode notes that you can alert us to a project or you know what, just tell us on Instagram. We'll read everything. I'm Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited this episode and Eden Porter was my co-host too and we both produced the show. Thanks for having me, Cambo. And make sure you're listening next week to find out how Bond stops all of this going down. But if you need a little sneak peek, here's a glimpse. Can't tell you how glad I'm to see you. Things are getting a bit dull hereabouts. I'll need a weapon. Ah, of course. I brought along your favourite. Worth a B9. Should do nicely. But until then, take care.